this is Kara Foster, Senior Minister of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky. You're listening to our sermon podcast. You can connect with us at firstchristianmadisonville.org or join us in person at 8.30 and 11 a.m. at 10.30 College Drive in beautiful Madisonville, Kentucky. I hope you'll subscribe. Thanks. Well, August, I thought, would be a good time of year to talk about spiritual disciplines and our own Christian practice. It's a time where we begin new, uh, go back to school. It's a time we start new programs and all kinds of events. And I thought this would be a chance for us to sort of reevaluate how we are doing in our own Christian journey. A Christian spiritual practice is really anything that we do with the intention to deepen our walk with Christ. I happen to be doing a study, uh, just had the first one this Sunday downstairs in the fellowship hall called The Walk that's on this very same subject by Adam Hamilton. And I wanted to also share about it in worship with you. And today we're going to talk about the importance of worship and prayer. Over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about study and service, giving and sharing, all part of our Christian walk. And in my early ministry, I was a part of a fellowship called the Bethany Fellowships, where for five years, two times a year, I got to go on a spiritual retreat with other young clergy uh, for five days. And during this five-day retreat, Two of those days were spent in silence. We would be at a Catholic retreat center and there would be about 30 or 40 of us and we would spend those two days in total silence. This might surprise you. I hated this. I hated it. And when I got there, my first attitude was, I'm going to conquer this silent time. I came with all kinds of work and all kinds of plans, so how it was going to be so productive during my silent time. And then the spiritual director gently reminded me that the point isn't for you to be productive. The point is for you to just be. And I'm telling you, I miss talking so much that I would walk out into the woods by myself and just scream into the abyss just to hear my voice. But silence as a spiritual practice did not come easy for me. What I learned, though, over those five years is truly how much I needed the very thing that didn't come easy for me. I began to crave that time. I recognized that I tend to fill my life with a lot of noise and a lot of sound and a lot of distractions. And what I needed was time just to be, just to listen. And as we talk about worship and prayer today, keep in mind that worship and prayer is something we do both as a community, as a gathered body of Christ, and also something we are to do as individuals, as followers of Jesus. And maybe today, as you listen to this message, maybe you reflect that what you need more of in your life is actually more time with the gathered body of Christ. You need more church in your life. A minister sure loves that answer. But maybe what you hear today is that actually what you're lacking is the other, is that you need more time in your life for individual prayer.
prayer and reflection. Or maybe you decide you need both. I want to begin today by reading Psalm 95, because I believe this psalm has a lot to offer us about worship. And so as you listen to this Psalm 95 and read along with me, I hope you will think about what it is telling us about the nature of worship. Psalm 95. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and the dry land, which his hands have formed. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is our God. We are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Oh, that today you would listen to his voice. Do not harden your hearts as at Mirabah, as on the day of Massah in the wilderness, when your ancestors tested me and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work. For forty years I loathed that generation and said, they are a people whose hearts go astray, and they do not regard my ways. Therefore, in my anger, I swore they shall not enter my rest. It begins, O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. It's a call to worship. Let's sing. Let's make a joyful noise. If you can't sing, you can make a joyful noise. Come into his presence with thanksgiving. It's an invitation to come to worship with songs on our heart. The psalm offers reminders to us all about what worship is about. First, come with thanksgiving. It's a time to say thank you. Two-word prayers can sometimes be just as good as 15-minute ones. If you wake up, each day and just have a two-word prayer on your lips, I think it's enough. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. To recognize the gift of your life, to recognize the gift of a new day, to recognize all that awaits you and all that has carried you far, gratitude changes us. It trains us not to lose sight, as the psalmist mentions, all the good things that God has done for us. It's such an important part of worship and prayer just to take a moment of gratitude. Thank you, God. Thank you. The second thing that this psalm reminds us is that it's important to come with praise, to sing, to make a joyful noise. When we praise God, it's our chance to remember who we are and who God is. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but perhaps, maybe, just maybe, you might like to think that you are in control of everything. That you've got control of your life, of what happens next. And when we go to God and worship and prayer, for me, it's a time to relinquish that tight grip that I pretend that I have on my life and everyone around me and to recognize who God is and who I am. 
For the Lord is a great God, the psalm says. In his hands are the depths of the earth, the heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it. For he is our God, and we are his people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. It's pure praise, remembering who God is and who we are. Finally, I think this psalm reminds us how important it is to listen and remember. The words say, oh, that today you would listen to his voice. That today you would listen to his voice. Do not harden your hearts as at Mirabah, as on the day of Massa in the wilderness. Now, those two places, Mirabah and Massa, are both referenced in the book of Exodus from the freedom story of slavery in Egypt. In both of those places, it is mentioned as times when the Israelites quarreled and fought with each other and with God. And so here is this psalm, remembering how quickly we forget. They had been set free from slavery. The first thing the people in Exodus do when they are set free, in Exodus chapter 15, they stop and they praise God. They stop and give thanks. We will sing to the Lord, for he is exalted. The horse and the rider he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. The first thing they do is praise. But, but, as soon as they saw Moses wandering a little bit, as soon as they began to say, this guy doesn't know where he's going, we're wandering out here in the wilderness, they forgot all that God had done for them. They quarreled, they bickered, they didn't listen to God. And here is the psalm reminding us of what not to do. When your ancestors tested me and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work for 40 years, I loathe that generation. They are people whose hearts go astray and they do not regard my ways. It makes you wonder what the psalm might say about the people today. Do our hearts go astray? Do we forget what God has done for us? Do we forget to remember or listen? The psalm is proclaiming that when we go to God and worship and prayer, it's a time for us to remember and listen to God. You know why? A large majority of Christians today worship on Sunday morning. The difference, a significant difference from our Jewish brothers and sisters that start on Friday night, we are Sunday morning. It's because Sunday morning was the day of resurrection. He died on a Friday, he rose on a Sunday. They wanted to gather at that time to remember, to remember this important part of our story that life conquers death that Rome didn't get the last word, that Jesus conquers all, all the death-dealing ways of our lives. That's why Sunday morning was so important to Christians. In worship and in prayer, it's a time to offer our gratitude and our praise and to listen to all that God has done for us. Now, a disclaimer. I know I am well aware that it is not big front page news for you to hear a sermon today where your minister says, hey everybody, it's important to worship and it's important to pray. This is not 
news. You know this. This is Christianity 101. But here's the truth of it. Years ago, long time ago, in my mid-twenties, I, I ran a half marathon. And I was training for this half marathon. And a half marathon is 13.1 miles. That .1 makes a difference when you're at the finish line. And I had been training for it, but I was sort of a lackluster trainer. And by the time the race actually arrived, I, the furthest I had run in my training was seven miles. And I thought, oh, what's another 6.1? I can figure it out on the day. I can do And let me tell you, the pictures at the end of the race will tell you I did not figure it out. And it was a brutal struggle, those six miles that I had never run ever before. And that, in some ways, is a lot like our own Christian faith journey. It's, it's practice. It's a, it's a muscle memory. It's a habit. The Christian author C.S. Lewis offers this reminder. He says, if you want to get warm, you must stand near the fire. If you want to be wet, you must get into the water. If you want joy, power, peace, eternal life, you must get close to or even into the thing that has them. It takes practice. That's what a spiritual practice is, something we do every day to grow our own journey of faith. And listen, sometimes we think we're going to do this right, then we've got to do it right, and we'll jump into the deep end of the pool. But don't, don't hesitate to realize how important just one small faithful step in a direction can be. Christian spiritual practices are meant to be lived out every day, and small changes make a difference. What grade might you give yourself in your commitment to worship and prayer this morning? What grade would you give yourself? A minister friend told me about a time when he was in seminary, and he was reading all about Thomas Merton, the famous uh, Kentucky monk at an Abbey of Gethsemane near Bardstown. And he was so inspired by the works of Thomas Merton that he brought his own youth group to a monastery so that they too could learn from what he thought were these uh, spiritual practice rock stars. You know, monks have committed to live in community. They study every day. They worship seven times a day. Their worship begins at 3.15 in the morning is their first Worship. And let me tell you, if I'm praying at 3.15, something really bad has gone on in the world. So I tip my hat to the monks of our world who are getting up and reading and studying scripture and singing seven times a day. And so he had this youth group there, and they were getting a chance to have a conversation with the monk. And he offered uh, a question to the monk on behalf of the kids. This minister friend of mine said, what would you recommend... Uh, how often would you tell these young people to pray? And the monk's answer was three minutes a day. And he was so disappointed with that answer. He just thought he was setting the bar so low that he was making it too easy on everyone. And the monk went on to say that actually to start and be faithful in those three minutes a day, he said, once you do those three minutes a day, and he said, and who doesn't have 
three minutes to dedicate to God. Just three minutes a day. And he said, and you do that every day faithfully and with time. He understood that you will gradually just pray longer because you will need it and crave it and want more time in prayer. Three minutes a day. He wanted them to learn to be faithful and steady in one daily practice of prayer. And maybe today that's where you begin. Maybe you take a moment to reflect on yourself and maybe beyond rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, you're not praying very much in your daily life. And maybe this is an opportunity for you to think about your own internal time of prayer. Maybe you set an alarm clock on your phone. Maybe you calendar it. Maybe you decide today you're going to choose three minutes, or maybe not three, just one minute a day. But one more word I wanted to say about worship and prayer today. And it's a personal word, really. Um, it's something I referenced to you in my weekly email this past week. There was a time in my own life when I found it very hard to come to church, and I absolutely could not sing. I could not sing. And I think it's because singing is such a joyful thing, and I was not joyful. And when you sing, what are you singing? You're singing the words of faith. And even though I believed the words, I found myself just unable to sing them out loud, to say them out loud. And I think I'm really grateful for that season in my life because now I realize that I think it was really for the first time in my life appreciating the power of a community of faith to really and truly appreciate the importance of church, the body of Christ, who were visible reminders to me that I was not alone when I felt alone, who could claim the joy of our faith when I couldn't, who could pray for me when I didn't have the words, who could believe for me when I didn't have the faith. The power of a community of faith, the body of Christ, people who will challenge you, frustrate you, people who will encourage you, and learn from you and you learn from them, that is the power of the body of Christ that helps you to grow more fully the person God is calling you to be. And it's important. You know, I remember going to see someone who was, uh, her husband was having an emergency surgery. It was quite risky. They weren't even sure he was going to pull out of the surgery. And as soon as I walked into that hospital waiting room, she said, Pastor, my prayers are weak right now. And I knew exactly what she meant. What an honor it is for us to be the body of Christ together so that we can pray for each other when we don't have the words. And yes, it's true. You can meet and encounter God on a solitary walk in the woods. I have done my own share of screaming into the abyss on myself. And we can pray, and we can talk to God there, and we can worship. But we are made for community. And sometimes we need that community, especially when it feels the hardest to go. 
So I invite you to think today how you might deepen your own Christian commitment to worship and prayer. How might God be calling you to step a little more fully into your walk of faith? Close with me in prayer. God of our hopes and sorrows, we open our hearts to you and begin first by silently taking a moment to offer you our gratitude, our gratitude for the gifts and blessings of our lives. And now we silently offer you our praise to remember who you are and who you will always be. Finally, we pray for our own eyes to see your work and remember to listen. We pray for our fickle memories that we will never forget all that you have done for us, for the ways you have provided and nurtured, healed our broken hearts and bodies. Help us to wake up each day with a two-word prayer on our lips. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Amen.